Hey, you're listening to the Love Fiercely podcast. My name is Keila Craft Ambrose. This is a place to grow, be inspired, and to go deeper in the things of God. I hope you enjoy this episode. This is part two of a conversation really that started with with my daughter Keila, who's one of the greatest emerging leaders that I know. And again, only time will tell as she develops herself how God will use her. But the truth is, it's not about even her creating an opportunity. God is going to give her opportunity based on on her own personal growth and development. And I know that about my own life. But there's always a demand that leadership puts on us. Like, Keela, I'm in a... By the way, welcome. Just say hello to everybody. Hi, everybody. I'm so excited to be with you. Part two. And so, and I'm excited to be with you on your podcast because it's going to be awesome how God uses this, not just now, but the hundreds and thousands that listen to this uh, and be encouraged by it. But... Um, but uh, anyway, I wanted to just start by saying that that for all of us, we the, the most difficult thing that we'll ever do, the hardest thing we'll ever do, the most important thing we'll ever do is to lead ourselves. And I know God is going to use you greatly, Keila, and anybody for that matter, who will deal with yourself. And and here's here's what I, I, I Instagram this um, in. Uh, April of of 2019 and that is that if you'll seek to be a person that's easy to love you won't be a person that's hard to deal with so if you'll seek to be a person that's easy to love you won't be a person that's hard to deal with most people don't think about that when it comes to love they're not thinking about that they're thinking about hey I just want somebody to love me for me I just want to love people but what about shifting the thought process and asking yourself a question am i easy to love because if you'll if you'll if you'll start thinking about who are the people in my life that are easy to love and i love what warren buffett said he said if you whatever you admire about somebody if you'll do the same thing that you admire about somebody you'll be admirable i love that because it's so easy it's like whatever's not admirable about me whatever i admire so part of my the equation about being easy to love is in my life who's easy to love okay then i'm going to be strive to be like that person in the ways that make it easy for me to love them and if i'll do that then i'll be easier to love and i'll be less hard to deal with there's a lot of people i would say if you lined up 10 people i would say probably six and a half maybe seven people out of 10 in your life are going to be hard to love and the reason they're going to be hard to love is because they're different than you. They're going to be hard to love because they're, uh, they're, they've got situations in their own life that they haven't processed. The Bible says, guard your heart, Proverbs 4.23, for out of your heart flow your issues. So our issues, our personal issues are what make us difficult to love. Well, that's a subject for another time. But I want to just say that as we continue this part two, Keila, on on really choosing to be positive in negative situations to answer your question that I started to answer yeah I said is it do you think it's a like a DNA natural trait that you have because I think that you've always I haven't known you obviously your whole life because I've been alive for 30 years but I've known you for 30 years and I know that you are a positive person like you speak positive you live positive even when negative things happen and I don't necessarily always understand how you do it so like for me I want to know more and 
I think it's a good thing to learn from. But I want to know, do you think that you have a natural bent like towards positivity or negativity, not even just based on maybe what you face in life, but how your brain processes? Yeah, I, I do think that. And I think, um, I think a person who has a natural positive outlook uh, would have a pleasing personality. And I think I'm not a people pleaser because I'm a leader. You can't be a great leader and be a people pleaser. I really want everybody to hear that. I mean, that's like the quote of the day. Like you can't be a great leader and be a people pleaser. You can be a great leader and please people, but you can't be a great leader and be a people pleaser because the truth is leaders are disruptors. So my conflict internally has been when I was growing up, because my mamma was such an influence in my life and was the sweetness of my life. Your mother um, was the closest thing to my mamma that I saw. I didn't know that I was looking for the sweetness, the spirit of my mamma when I found your mom at 15, but I knew when I found her, that's what I want to live with. Why? Because sweetness is important to me. Like if you said, what's the most important quality that a person can have for me? It would be sweetness. It would be them to be a sweet person. So it's like, I've always thought, I want, like, I want to be that kind of person. So I think early in my life, because my mamaw lived with us, it gave me a picture of what sweetness was like because everybody else in my life was not sweet. My dad was sweet, but his sweet didn't hold a candle to my mamaw's sweet. So my mamaw's sweet was, she truly loved me more by default than by design, the way I needed to be loved. So early in my life, and I want to say this again, I think everybody has a bent towards being positive because we're children of God. But I think what happens early is based on what we're exposed to, based on how we decide to be, um, then, then, then that bent to be positive. Again, I want to say it with capital letters. I think everyone is a bent to be positive because I think everyone is a child of God. But I think early the devil does, again, his damnedest. He does his best. I hate to even use the word best with the devil, but he does, he, he tries to get people on the negative side of life. And so in these early in life, in these valleys of decision, valleys of what decision? Am I going to do the right thing or the wrong thing? If I do the right thing, the more positive things are going to happen. If I do the wrong thing, the more negative things are going to happen. Or so early in life, he tries to get us to make more bad decisions than positive. Why? Because he knows it's not about our decision and even the consequence of that decision, but it's about what's happening on the inside of us. So I think for me early, it's not about, again, it's not just about are you bent more positive or negative? I think everyone's bent more towards the positive because we're sons and daughters of God. But I think everything shapes that. And I can remember as a child, even in my own family, and I say this with all due respect, none of them will probably hear this, that family that I was born into, but I would literally sit back and I would observe and I'd go, like, why are you acting like that? Why are you being like that? Like, that's not right. And at some point, like I, thought, I felt like an alien. I thought, like, that attitude right there, that's horrible. Like, I'm not going to be like that. 
or see but i think that's so unusual because, it is unusual because most people like even my friends growing up and people that i'm around they just say i'm not going to be like that but they never decide who they are going to be yeah and so they just look at it and they end up becoming worse than what they saw that they yeah. didn't want to be because they never choose what they do want to be so how do you get on the other side though because that's what's not normal yeah. about you that like, like even i don't fully understand how yeah. to do it yeah. is how do you see something you don't like or feel something you don't like and then actually apply it so that you don't become worse than what you don't like because that's what happens to people okay so let me give you a natural supernatural correlation we're spirit soul and body so early in my life i wanted to win i, I don't know i don't know uh i don't i don't know how why that was so strong in me but i thought i want to win i think that's where it starts it's like do you want to win yes i want to win like like, okay, if I want to win, what do I need to do? Like, if so early in life, athletics was important to me. It wasn't competitive. It wasn't like I want to win and beat somebody. No, I want to win in life. But I can remember thinking that. I can remember thinking, like, I, I want things to go well. By the way, that's winning. Do you want your life to go well? Yes. Then you want to win. I think people stop there, though, and they don't act on it. They want to win. They want okay. good things, but they don't so, act on so it. So the natural supernatural correlation for me was I want to win. And so I, I didn't know how to process this early, but I was a naturally gifted athlete. So I thought I want to win. Well, what do I need to do? So I got some ankle weights. I got a leaded vest. And I would run in place in my room with these – like when I was 11 and 12 – and I, I was thinking, why? Because I want to win. Like, I want to win. So, so, so I don't know what it was, but there was a discipline that, that was birthed out of that wanting to win. Well, I think one of the things you said the other day, it still stuck with me, um, but get little wins every day. Yes. Because I think where I get overwhelmed is I want to win, but I'm looking at the big picture, and so I miss out on the little wins every day, and then I feel like a failure. Okay, that is a huge deal right there, what you just said. Because I can tell you every day I have wins. And the reason I say a philosophy of winning, a philosophy of leadership like that, a philosophy of discipline, that's what it is. But it's like, okay, what can I do today to get a win? Okay, so that's why I exercise every day. That's why I drink. Like, I, I, The last thing I do before I lay down in bed is I fill up 32-ounce, a 32-ounce um, sort of shaker thing with with a water and a shot of organic lemon juice and a shot of apple cider vinegar because I know that's going to be the first thing I do in the morning. So I've set that on my bedside. In other words, I'm preparing for the next day every night before I go to sleep. And my first win is my declarations. I've been doing that. I can't tell you how long I've been doing it, but since I was a teenager. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice. I will be glad in it. I, I can, can do, do all, all things through Christ, Christ who strengthens me. me. Good, Good morning, morning precious. <laughs> she knows it because I've said it our whole life. That's my first win is what comes out of my mouth. And I know as crazy as that sounds, I do that every day out loud. Which you know what most people do every day? They get on their phone and look at Instagram. <laughs> They're not saying a declaration. They're just looking at what people are telling them, what the news is telling them, what the world's telling them, and that's their first thing. In my book, Your Divine Fingerprint, one of the things I say is your words shape your life. I believe that with all my heart. So so, so how do you do it? You, you get, that's my win. I, I say it, I declare it, 
By the way, your mom's name is? Precious. Precious. The the church calls her? Pastor Precious. Pastor. Her grandchildren call her? Pepis, which is precious in their own way. Guess who started that? I did. I said, you're precious. That's what I'm going to call you. This is like when we were dating. You're precious to me. Well, I would have never been able to do that if I hadn't seen myself as precious in God's sight. By the way, that's Isaiah 40 verse. Look it up to be sure, but it's verse four or verse five. Since you are precious in my sight, I have loved you. Therefore, I will give people and nations for your life. Read that when you, when you, when you find you it. You said 40? Four, Isaiah 40 verse four or five. And if it's not that, then it's Isaiah 43, but I think it's Isaiah 40. Well, I don't see it in Isaiah 40. Okay, so. look at 40, 43, verse 4, or verse 5. Okay. Oh, yeah, so 4, so it's 43, 4. 43, you are four. precious to me, and I have given you a special place of honor. I love you. That's why I'm willing to trade others to give up whole nations to save your life. Okay, so watch this. So that's in, was that in your, what translation is that? Easy read version. Easy read version. <laughs> like, 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 this is God. Okay, this is God speaking to the prophet Isaiah. And he says, you are precious in my sight. And what does it say in that version? I have given you a special place of honor. I love you. I've given you a special place of honor. See yourself that way. Like you're precious. I've given you a special place of honor. What are you going to do? And I love you. So that's the only three things you need to know. Okay. Yeah. It's like you're precious in God's sight. He's given you a place of honor and he loves us. Okay, so therefore, he's going to do what? Uh, it says, that's why I am willing to trade others to give up whole nations to save your life. So, so don't be afraid. So let me, so let me, that's the next verse. Yeah. Don't be afraid. Because I'm well, so, with you. So here's, so here's the deal. I really believe that stuff all the way. Like, I believe it all the way. So, so Abraham spoke things that were not as though they were. I don't feel precious every day. But I start the day declaring over my life what God says about me. So, so. When most people are not, and I, I'm guilty of that. Like, yep. I'm looking at. And I've taught you that. I know. And I'm a human that is flawed. I know. And <laughs> I like, used to say, I used to, what I used to do with them when they were kids is I would ask them if they did it. And then I would give them money if they did it. I know. And I think. To that's, incentivize them. But that's why, like, literally. I'm even asking you these questions because I know that you do them and I know that you tell me to do them and you tell other people in your life to do them. But like, what's your secret sauce? That's it. It's like, that I actually do it. Yeah. So, so, so here's what I'm going to ask you. Here's what I'm going to ask you as my daughter. Do you admire that in me? Yes. Then do it. In other words, it, it doesn't matter if it's you. It doesn't matter. It's like, well, okay, this guy's in this recording. I'm, I'm, a half a year away from being 60. If you look at my life and you, if there's any measure of success, you know me. So if there's any measure of success. Okay. Now, what did, that's what you're asking me. Like, what did you, that's how I start my, well, I think it's natural though to want like, and this is just the human part. Of I, it, know. Okay? I want what I see in other successful people. I want what I see in you, but I want it. And this is just true without the daily discipline. Like I want I it, but I want it to happen. You and don't so, get, here, really hear what I'm saying is what you, you just said a minute ago. Do something, do get, get little wins every day. Yeah. Here's the, here's the, here's the afterthought of that. 
there are no big wins without little wins. Yeah. That's the bottom line. Like, so, so what's my little win? That's what we're talking about. It starts with that declaration. Then it starts with me doing the water with the lemon, with the apple cider vinegar in it. I hate it. Your mom, she tastes, she goes, oh my God, it, it tastes absolutely horrible. It's medicine for me. Medicine for what? Medicine for winning. In other words, it's like, okay, I'm going to do that. All right. Then the next thing I do is I get on my exercise bike. This is every day of my life, unless I'm traveling. And sometimes that it, 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 it messes it up a little bit, but because I'm out of my rhythm, but when I'm home, this is what happens. Then I get on my exercise bike. I turn on worship music and I worship God. That's the only time in my entire day where my spirit, soul, and body are in sync. That's the only time, but it happens every day. So what's the wins? So let's count them. Let's count them. Before I start my day, how many wins have I already had? Four. So I make my declarations. Well, but before that, you already drank your water no, so that you could start no, winning. No, no, I make my declarations first. But at night. But at night. So that's no, what I'm saying. For the next day, that's the first. So prepare for the next day yeah. by the water. That's, that's the first win before the day happens. Yeah. I've already prepared. The second thing is the declarations. Right? declarations, yeah. Third thing is drinking the water. Oh, yeah, water again. Water. And by the way, my vitamins. Yes. So that's... I've taken vitamins since I was a little kid, and at 60, I'm jacked, I look good. Why? That's every day. Your body's working. That's, my body's <laughs> working. The fourth thing is? You engage your spirit, soul, and body. That's the only time it ever happens. Well, I think it's, I think it's honestly, it helps me, and I hope it helps other people, whenever you can take things more at a bite-sized viewpoint, yep. because I think when you see someone that's successful, of course you look at them and you're like, I want to be like that. I want to have a life like that. Yep. But you know, they say like until you walk a mile in a man's shoes, whatever yep. they say, <laughs> you don't know the price that they've paid. And I think like for, for you, it's, it's for me as your daughter, it's so easy to look at your life and be like, wow, how are you thinking that at 15? How are you mm -hmm. thinking? How did you have this many employees when you were 27? How did you yep. do this and do that? And I think the least amount of employees I've ever had is nine. See, but I don't understand that like in my own brain. So like, but for me looking at you and going, okay, there's little wins I can get every day for what God has for mm -hmm. me and not comparing my life to yours, right. not comparing my, my calling to yours, but understanding that even being around you, whether it's these people that pay for LSI or like me as your daughter, like I can build upon what you've done, your right. disciplines, and I can I can get little wins because I think it's super like easy to think about really shallow things in this day and age, yeah. like followers and yeah. likes and comments yeah. and like vain vanity things that are yeah. like, do people know me? If I Google myself, what comes up? Like the different things that people right. think of. How much money is my business making? Right. You know, do people think that me and my wife or me and my husband are couple goals? Like, are our kids doing good in school? All the things that we look at, but really, it's the longevity of those little wins that build up to the big wins that. I think, you know, we're talking about being positive and negative situations. I think that's what helps you. I think that's what can help me in the in the yeah. next seasons of my life is going, okay, I might not be winning right now, but I know that I'm going to win. Like I love in Psalms 139, 12, and it says, but even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. Okay, so like, you just, you've just started winning when you think like that. So in other words, just the thought process of, so read it again. But even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. So the you, darkness is happening, depression, whatever. I'm at the bottom. I'm in the pit. I'm having a bad day. 
Even in the darkness. Even in the darkness, I cannot hide from you. I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. So what I'm doing right there is I'm acknowledging God. Yeah, well, and that's what I'm saying. Like yep. for me, okay, I had I don't get visions a lot, but when I do, they're they like stick in my brain. Mm. So I was in worship at our church one weekend, and I was sitting there, and I was in a season where I was frustrated. Like honestly, like I felt stuck. I felt like I want to be like you know when you think about yourself, you think you're going to be so much further along in certain areas mm-hmm. than when you reach that place. Whether it's me being 30 or people like you're about to be 60, like I'm sure there's things that you're like, I wish I would be further along here. Mm-hmm. So I was frustrated, and I was in worship, and I had this vision of you know. I was walking around a dark room, kind of trying to feel for a light switch, and I was getting really frustrated because I was bumping into things. And all of a sudden, like I, I heard God say to me, "All you have to do is move, and the light comes on." And it was like a clap on, clap off motion sensor. Yeah, very cool. And for me, it was like in my action of having those little wins, in my action of acknowledging God, the light comes on. Like God knows exactly where everything is in that room, which the room represents my life. It represents where I'm going. And I might feel like I'm bumping into stuff. I might feel like I don't know where I'm going. But if I take that movement towards God, if I start having those little wins, the light comes on. And I don't have to like sit there and look for the light switch. I don't have to sit there and look for the solution. I don't have to look for my negativity to be squashed or to be put down because the light is stronger than the dark. Yeah, that's very good. Well, again, in the the thought process, again, back to winning. When I was a little kid, it was like I want to win. So so I didn't always win. I won a lot, but I didn't always win. But the confidence, and I really want everybody to hear this, the confidence doesn't come from the trophy. The confidence doesn't come from the check. The confidence doesn't come from the bank account. The confidence doesn't come from the good day, the, the good season. The confidence comes from you being consistent in doing what you know to do every day. And if nothing else happens, I'm going to do this. So in my dark seasons, and I have them, my number one thing that I fight, Keela, the number one thing I fight is discouragement. It's the number one fight discouragement what does encouragement mean which is the opposite you know what it means the opposite of encouragement no what the word encouragement means like inward courage it means to speak strength into so encourage is in strength but you have to speak strength into so it's the opposite of discouragement so think of going back to what i do every day I get the water ready, not before, it's first. But the second thing, which is the first thing I do in the morning, is I speak those things that are not as though they were. So I speak strength to myself. I acknowledge God in that process. I speak strength uh, to my day. This is the day the Lord's made. So with all of that said, here's what I want people to really get, is you have to decide, going back to my childhood, that you want to win. You want to you win in your marriage. You want to win in your job. You want to win in life. And I'm just telling you, there are no big wins without small wins. And you have to decide what is a win for me. And the confidence that I have is a confidence that I have because I know what it is that I do regardless of what the results of that day are or that season are. And if you keep doing what you know to do, even when doing what you know to do doesn't seem to be getting any results, you will win. 
So I came across this scripture, it's 2 Corinthians 4, 6, and it says, the God who said, out of the darkness light shall, si- light shall shine, is the same God who made his light shine in our hearts to bring us the knowledge of God's glory shining in the face of Christ. Um, another one says, the scriptures say, God commanded light to shine in the dark. Now God is shining in our hearts to let you know that his glory is seen in Jesus. Yeah. And I think... You know, I think a lot of times in my life, I forget, I mean, it sounds so simple, but I forget that God's the one who created everything. Mm -hmm. So he created my heart, he created light, he created every single person that I'm gonna come into contact with. So even though I might feel like I don't have control or I don't know what's gonna happen, like I know there's been times where it's like, I don't know what's gonna happen in my body. I don't know what's gonna happen with the people that are around me. I can't choose things for them. I can't choose people to love me. I can't choose for people to be my friend, whatever it is. I can't choose those things, but God, the God who created everything not only has chosen me, but he knows how to create light in the physical and inside of me. And so the same God who was called light into the world can, can and has called light into my heart. And I think too often, you know, I'm focused on what's not working and, and my frustration that it is discouraging. And I'm not finding the strength in it because I'm, I'm looking at what I'm feeling or what the, you know, I like to say about myself. I'm like, I'm just being realistic. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm just being real about right, it. Right. And I don't want my reality to be what I see. Yeah. I want my reality to be what God sees. Yeah. And the Bible says his ways are higher, his thoughts are higher. So what does that mean? It means my situation may look this way, but I can look back so many times in the Bible where people were dead, where people were dying, where people were hurting, where people were far away. And it took one encounter with Jesus. Yeah. It took one encounter with God's presence and that whole reality changed. So it's like for me in my life, I look at people that are successful in the world. I look at people like you that are successful and you're not just successful in the world with money or people or influence. Like you're successful with incorporating the presence of God in your life, which is the most important thing. And I think it's so easy to look at these people and go, well, look at their life. It must be so easy. Well, what I've heard and what I know from people that we've been in a relationship with, success without God is kind of empty. You can only, you can only feel so good about money without God. It, it, the Bible says it takes, wings like an eagle and flies away in other words that's why i'm saying that at the end of the day the confidence is not that you had a good day the confidence is not that you got the check the confidence is not that you that you uh are in a good season uh the confidence is not that things go good or bad the confidence which becomes godfidence is you first of all wanting to win and then deciding what it is that you're going to do to make those small wins create big wins. Well, we're out of time. So should we do a part three, Keila? I think this is a lot of really good information. In the podcast world, is it okay to do like three or four versions or three I or think four we should do another one, but like kind of bounce off of this into the wins. Well, I think we can get to the wins, but I think we need to follow up on this because everybody struggles with exactly what you're saying, being positive in a negative world. So let's do one more. Okay. We'll come back. Thank you for listening to the Love Fiercely podcast. I would love for you to subscribe to personally receive weekly encouragement. Also, check out my blog at keelacraftambrose.com for monthly content. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook and Instagram at keelacraftambrose.com.